welcome to episode 123 of Board Game Blitz, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network and a podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to stop laughing after somebody buys a drink in Among Us that has a peach emoji on it. Board Game Blitz is sponsored by Gray Fox Games. This week, we're continuing our alphabetical game list. First, we discuss a couple games we've played recently, like Enigma Emporium Puzzle Postcard Series 2 and Fiverr Findin'. Then, we dive into games from the middle third of the alphabet. And now, here are your hosts, Ambi and Crystal. One quick announcement before we hop into the main episode, and that is that in two days, if you are listening to this on the day it releases, the next Tabletop Live Network event is happening over on Twitch.tv, and this one is bigger and better than ever. It is a full 24 hours of board game streams live on Twitch. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I'm really excited, and thankfully, I'm not streaming for 24 hours. I'm streaming (laughs) for two. (laughs) Ambie is unable to join me this time based on how the schedules shook out, but I am going to have a very special guest, and that is Paul Dean, who some of you may know uh, as a former member of Shut Up and Sit Down. He is a prolific writer, and Mm -hmm. he's been streaming on Twitch lately, so I'm really excited to have him join me. Uh, My stream as part of the marathon will be from 4 to 6 p.m. Pacific time on Saturday, but the entire stream goes from noon to noon Pacific time, Saturday and Sunday. So I hope you all can join us for that and hang out, not just in our stream, but in all the streams. Recently, I got a review copy of the Enigma Emporium Puzzle Postcards Series 2, Cycle of Learning. (laughs) So that's a mouthful. But uh, I mentioned before the Enigma Emporium Puzzle Postcards that I've gotten, and I've also played some other things from them, like Carte Rouge, the, the deck of cards that was different puzzles and ciphers. So the Enigma Emporium makes a bunch of different puzzle type things, uh, mostly word puzzles and ciphers. So the puzzle postcards are a series of <laughs> postcard puzzle games. So each each game has five postcards in it, and each of the postcards have like four or five puzzles each. And most of these puzzles are ciphers and other word things within the postcard, but you also use the internet. So a lot of the puzzles you have to look up things online because it's referring to things in like a map or some sort of knowledge that you need to Google. So the Puzzle Postcards Series 2 came with four different ones. You can buy them each individually or you can get all of it together. So there's Trial by Cipher, Veritas, Migratory Patterns, and Cryptic Cryptids. So each of these has a different theme and different puzzles. For each of them, like the five postcards in each of them are kind of like related. They have similar things on the front, like similar puzzles on the front of each one, but different and like on the back of each one, but different. And then you're going to a website to put in the answers. So if you like ciphers and like puzzle hunts, um, if you're familiar with all the different types of ciphers and stuff, then this is something that has a lot of that. And they're like high quality postcards with like glossy fronts and normal postcard backs (laughs) and lots of ciphers. But I'm not super familiar with a lot of ciphers and puzzle hunt stuff. So a lot of it was confusing to me. Except for, I think, Cryptic Cryptids was the one I did the last. And I liked that one the best because the puzzles worked better with my brain. There weren't as many ciphers and I didn't have to use as many hints. So there's a hint system on the website on enigmaemporium.com where it has like hints that are kind of vague. So a lot of times I was 
the hints didn't help me that much because it would be something that I like, yeah, I'm looking for that, but then I didn't actually know the name of the cipher they're using, and it's like a vague hint towards the name of some cipher. So if you're familiar with ciphers, then it probably makes sense, more sense than it did for me. But yeah, so Cryptic Cryptids was my favorite because those puzzles worked better with my brain. And also, for some reason, I got more into the story of that one. All of them have stories of like, this person's like going and finding some things. They're all different stories. The Cryptic cryptids was about cryptids so someone was going to different locations of cryptids and your each each postcard is gives you a puzzle and it like the answers are a cryptid and then the location of that cryptid that they found and so you enter those into the website and then it, like tells you a little story and and they're similar for all four of them so with some of the the puzzles in trial by cipher and in migratory patterns some of the puzzles used colors so i'm not sure how colorblind friendly those are but veritas and cryptic cryptids should be fine with that because i don't think you used colors in those puzzles so if if you're colorblind you might want to stay away from trial by cipher or migratory patterns but otherwise there's a lot of ciphers in the trial by cipher one which is why it's called trial by cipher probably veritas had like a bunch of different types of puzzles. Um, migratory patterns had c- some ciphers, and but it also had like clues that help you how to do it. And it also was about birds. So if you like birds, then that one's good. And then cryptic cryptids was the least ciphery, I think. <laughs> so yeah. So that's the Enigma Emporium puzzle postcards series two cycle of learning. So if you like ciphers and puzzle hunt type things, where you're doing paper puzzles, but then also Googling things, different information online for it, then uh, Enigma Emporium Puzzle Postcards Series 2 Cycle of Learning is good. They also had a Series 1, so if you've done that one and liked it, then you'll like this one too. I think Series 1 was like more of a continuous story between the whole series, I don't remember, but these are all distinct ones, so you can do, you could just get one of them and, and be done with the story. So Enigma Emporium Puzzle Postcards. Awesome. A few months ago, our good friend T from Haba Games sent over a copy of Fiverr Findin. And I believe I talked about it on Dice Tower tonight at one point, but I don't think I ever talked about it here on the podcast. So I wanted to give it a little shout out because I've been playing it more lately. So Fiverr Findin is a roll and write game where you have dice with symbols on them. And those symbols are both unique shapes and colors. So you were mentioning like colorblind friendliness in your Mm -hmm. review, Ambie. And I'll say that this game, while there are colors involved, it is entirely colorblind friendly because of the symbols that are used. So anytime I refer to colors, just know that there is double symbology there. So there are a total of five dice. And then there are a bunch of Tetra Mino. Actually, what's five? Is it? Pentomino? So they're Pentomino tiles. So yeah, because they all have five little squares that make up the tiles. And then each player has a board, which is a random grid of all of these colors and shapes on it, just in a grid. And there are two different versions of the game that you can play. In the normal version, it's a timed game, uh, which Ambie loves real-time stuff, so this (laughs) would probably be her jam, where you roll the dice, and then you try and find 
patterns of five on your grid in those pentomino shapes on your board based on what dice got rolled. So like if it's blue, blue, red, red, yellow, you're trying to find a configuration that matches one of the pentomino tiles with those symbols in it. And you're trying to find as many of them as you can before time runs out. Then there's another version of the game where instead of being timed, you actually are only looking for one shape per round, but you can only use the same shape one time across the course of a whole bunch of different rounds. Uh, I believe there's 12 rounds because there's 12 total shapes. And you can't draw over previously drawn shapes, so it's more of a puzzle and there's a lot of there's some spatial reasoning involved in trying to figure out like oh well it I could place this one here but that might prevent other pieces from going into the grid later and you're using uh, dry erase markers to draw on these boards rather than placing the tiles onto them so it's neat and the components are really high quality like the dry erase boards are great and the markers are great as well so it all works really well. I have to admit, it's always difficult to describe roll and write games effectively through the audio medium that we do our podcast on, but the box is small, the components are awesome, and the gameplay is really fun. Like, it's a little bit thinky and a little bit frantic when you're playing the timed version of the game and puzzly, but not too puzzly. Like you're just looking for patterns. So like if you like pattern or shape recognition type games, this would be a really good one for you. I am loving it. It does also have a solo mode, um, which is basically just that 12 round version, but played over by yourself. You can play this one remotely pretty easily as well. If two people have a copy of the game, it would be really easy to do. But I think as far as roll and write games go, I know there are a lot of them now, but this is one that I'm really, really enjoying and I would highly recommend it. So that's Fiverr Findin. That's spelled the numeral five, then E-R, and then F-I-N-D-E-N. So five er findin <laughs> from Haba Games. Yeah, I like spatial things and speed things, so I should try this one out. Yeah, I honestly, we should we should hit T up and see if uh, they can send you a copy because I, I think you would really enjoy this. This one would be really fun for you and I to play on stream as mm. well. Last episode, we started a list of our favorite games for each letter of the alphabet, and we're continuing it now. So if you haven't listened to last episode, maybe listen to that first because we're going in order backwards. Yeah, in order <laughs> backwards. <laughs> yes. I mean... There was actually somebody that texted me, like a friend of mine who listened to our last episode and asked if I cursed them based on what was at the end of the episode. <laughs> so I think if anybody hasn't heard the last episode, you definitely want to listen to it for especially yeah. what's at the end, because it's funny. <laughs> yes, but we are continuing with the letter R now. So my favorite game for the letter R is The Ravens of Three Sahashri, which I've mentioned a few times, although it is... It was reprinted with a different name, so... But I, I still have the Ravens of Three Sahari, so that's what I call it. Anyway, it's a two-player cooperative asymmetric card game, which is very unique. Yeah, that is incredibly <laughs> unique. Like, I don't know of yeah. any others. Yeah, so the the rules are hard to explain, but it's it's pretty puzzly, and you, you have limited communication. You can't talk to each other, so you're trying to play cards and, like, take cards. One person's trying to... Uh, play cards a certain way and the other person's also trying to take those cards and then play them into their own tableau. I'm not going to explain all the rules, but but it's lots of trying to think of what the other player meant by playing this card because you need 
to have only certain cards out at the end in order to win and and then after you win you open up a new card with new rules so it's kind of like campaign <laughs> in that way i don't know but but it gets harder and we've only opened up one envelope but there's three envelopes of of new rules that can make it harder but i really like it it's very pretty art too the ravens of three sahashi is anime art but like very very flowery and and then like it has cards with with one color on it kind of so it's like black and white but one color so it's really pretty i like it. so that's my favorite r game Based on how much I like the game and then we held hands, I think I would really like the Ravens of Three Sahashri. Because mm. it's also cooperative with no communication. Mm. It just doesn't have the asymmetric nature. Mm. So yeah. my favorite R game will surprise no one who is a longtime listener of the podcast, as it is one of my top three games of all time, and that is Runebound. Mm -hmm. um, and if you ask me second edition or third edition, I'll tell you third edition because it's the one I own. But truthfully, second edition is where my love began. It is one of the first board games I played when I got into the hobby in 2007, which holy moly, that was 14 years ago now. <laughs> it was kind of the game that showed me what board games could be because it takes hours to play and it, you go on an epic adventure and it just brought me into a world in a way that no other board game had done before. So I love it. Third edition is great. People weren't as keen on it right away because of the coin flipping battle mechanism, but it is actually really super awesome. I am just bummed that Fantasy Flight has not released new maps for Runebound 3rd Edition. And so I will continue to say every opportunity I get, Fantasy Flight, please put out more <laughs> maps. Because I don't want to have to buy 2nd Edition to do different yeah. maps. So that is my R, Runebound. Yay. My favorite letter Q game is the Quacks of Quedlinburg. I don't think there are that many Q games, but the Quacks of Quedlinburg is pretty fun. It's a press your luck bag building game that came out a couple of years ago now. Yeah, I want to say 2018? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, but I have the Geek Up bit set, so normally it comes with cardboard chits, which is okay, but, but the Geek Up bit sets are plastic chits that you... So those are like plastic and you put them in the bag and pull them out and it's really nice. Yeah, but you're like pulling out the chits, trying to fill up your cauldron to get more points in order to get more better chits to put in your bag. And it's very fun. That's the Quacks of Quedlinburg. Fun fact, my Q game is also Quacks of Quedlinburg. I actually struggled whether it should be Quacks or Quantum because I really love Quantum as well, but I ended up picking Quacks and so I'm not going to cheat and shift over to Quantum. Um, but for all the reasons Ambie said, it is just so fun. And yeah, I've got the Geek Up bits as well. Um, and I have the Herb have Witches the expansion, expansion yeah. which is super great. Ambie, we should definitely play this on stream because this is one that can be played remotely with two copies oh, yeah. of the game. I don't have the expansion, though, but we, we could play the base. Okay, let's do that soon, yes. like legitimately, because it's super <laughs> fun. And I haven't gotten to play it in a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, Quacks of Quedlinburg is wonderful. I have a Plano box that organizes all my uh, mm. bits in the box, and it's so wonderful. <laughs> it's nice. great. So yeah, Quacks of Quedlinburg, we synced up here. <laughs> Yay! My favorite P game is Paris Connection, which is a simple train game. It lasts like 15 to 20 minutes. But like on your turn, you're you're either building train routes of a certain color or trading in shares of colors to get 
other colors. So the the cubes that represent the shares are the same ones that you use to build the sh the routes. So you're either like making good routes for that company, but if you get shares in that company, then there's less route that you can build for it. So there's like a balance between that because you don't want to take too many shares because then that company won't be worth as much and you want shares of companies that are worth more. And then you can also see what shares other people are getting and then build out routes for them that are really bad, <laughs> which is which is where the fun is. Like it, it's it's really fun like playing it with people and then they see that you can do that and they're like, "Oh, something clicks there." Like you want to make things bad for other people cuz that is good for you. <laughs> so, yeah, that's Paris connection. This one is actually in beta right now on Board Game Arena. Did oh, really? You know I did not yeah. know that. Oh, that's so good because the setup takes so long. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, because you have to uh, separate out all of the colors. And then, uh, well, I think first you have to like randomize the colors that you get at the beginning and then you separate them all out. So setup takes, well, for the length of the game, it takes a long time. Okay. Well, now we can play it on Board Game Arena. Ooh, cool. My P game is the pursuit of happiness, which mm. is how I always describe it is if life, the game we all played as a kid, was good and for hobby gamers instead of kids. In the pursuit of happiness, it is a worker placement game where your workers are little hourglasses, so they represent time, and you are placing them out on the board to do different actions and take different things like start a relationship or start a job or pick up a hobby or an activity, and you're basically just living your life. And what's neat about this game is literally every single time I've played it, no matter who I'm playing it with, like people tend to get into the theme because they see like, oh, okay, so I'm I'm a software programmer who likes to go kayaking on the weekends, and oh no, now I have a girlfriend. Friend, and oh gosh, I don't know if I have enough time for her. And like, it's so <laughs> funny because you just, the way the game is built, the mechanics flow so seamlessly into the yeah. theme that it works really well. Um, mm -hmm. I actually got to teach this one to Ambi at uh, BlitzCon a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was fun. It's pretty thematic. Well, I like games where the theme works with the mechanisms. Yeah, and it really does work well. I have... Mm -hmm two expansions for it so far and I have backed the big box and new expansion on Kickstarter. This is one of those few games where I'm getting expansions and actually using them. So nice. that's why The Pursuit of Happiness is my favorite P game. Yeah. I have two choices for my favorite O, o game and I'm picking now. <laughs> I think I'm going to go with Outboxed over Aura at Labora. They're very different games, but I've played Aura at Labora once, so I'm not so sure about that. But Outfoxed is a children's deduction game that doesn't need any reading. I like deduction games a lot, and I think it works really well with kids because you don't need to read. So even younger children, like, I think we played with a four-year-old and they were able to kind of follow along. So you're... You are detective chickens, I think. Or <laughs> <laughs> That's just a funny sentence to hear. Yeah. Well, yeah, your player pawns are like little detective hats and you're trying to catch this fox that stole the chicken eggs or something. Um but there's all these different foxes with different characteristics and so on your turn you roll dice to try to move or to like guess things or find clues. And you have to like move to places to get those clues. And then as you get the clues, you can el eliminate suspects. They're all, and only a couple of suspects are turned over at a time. So there's like a memory aspect too. So children are generally good at memory. Um, so it's not just the deduction. They, they have to do the memory and then also like think of the deduction. So it's, it's really good for teaching 
simple deduction to kids and it's produced nicely too (laughs) so that's outfoxed i also had two games listed for my (laughs) o game and it's really hard for me to not pick the omega virus (laughs) because i've loved it since 1992 but it's really while i love it it's not an awesome game. Like I enjoy it a lot, but I am going to go with order of the gilded compass, which Mm -hmm. is my, one of my favorite dice allocation games. It's made by our sponsor, gray Fox games, but you all have heard me, you know, lavish praise on this game a whole bunch of times. It is, I think a great next step dice allocation game. If you're someone that likes Las Vegas, the dice game, which I actually just reviewed Las Vegas Royale on mm. the most recent episode of Dice Tower tonight over on YouTube. So you all should go check that out. But yeah, Order of the Gilded Compass is awesome. The only thing that's a downside for me is that the setup is a little bit cumbersome and takes a little bit of time. But the game itself is really fun. You're just rolling dice and allocating them to different buildings. They so do different things. The setup is variable, so it's different every time. I love it. That's why my O game is... It's not the Omega Virus, Order of the Gilded Compass. (laughs) My end game is Nine Tiles, which is my favorite oink game. It's a speed game where you're trying to match up these nine tiles to a card in the center. You have nine double-sided tiles with different symbols on them, and then a card gets flipped over with with the symbols in a a 3x3 grid, and you're trying to match it up the fastest. That's it. You flip over the tiles and match it up really fast. So I really like speed games. It's so fun. It's so fun. It's so simple and fun and just play it over and over again. So that's nine tiles. I really love nine tiles. And a lot of people prefer the newer nine tiles panic, Mm -hmm. but I still like original nine tiles the best. Yeah, me too. (laughs) But did you see that Oink Games is bringing games to Kickstarter in February? Yes. I'm so stoked. I, I hope also they hope... have like add-ons for their yes! old ones because I, yes! I don't have them. Like... Please, Oink Games, <laughs> let us add on the things that we haven't been able to get as easily here in the States. I'm <laughs> stoked. I'm so excited. <laughs> well, my end game is The Networks, uh, mm-hmm. which is from Formal Ferret Games, Gilhova. It is a game where you are a television executive running a TV network and you have different time slots for TV shows and you have stars and ads that you can attach to those TV shows and you are trying to get the most viewers, aka victory points, by the end of the game. This is another one where the theme and the mechanisms work really well together. The art is really good and there's a lot of like little jokes built into the cards, like they're kind of parodies of existing TV shows. Expansions for this game also really good. The Executives expansion gives asymmetrical player powers, which really mixes things up a little bit. I love it. I have also played the two-player version, Rival Networks, I believe is what it's called. And I liked it, but I still prefer the regular networks the most. So that is my in-game. My M-game is The Mind, which we've talked about a lot. It's a cooperative card game where you have the numbers 1 through 100 in the deck, and you're trying to play them in order, but you can't tell other people what cards you have. So you each have a certain number of cards, and then you just try to play, and it's real-time. So it's a real-time cooperative game, <laughs> which I didn't realize until like later. And then I was like, wait, this is a real-time cooperative. That's why I like it so much. <laughs> it's so much fun. Yeah, but it, but it's like mostly about timing, and as you play it with your group more and more, you, you tend to sync up with your timing because it's really cool how that works (laughs) and yeah so I played the mind a lot I haven't played it much recently but but I still like it 
I'm curious if there would be a way to play it online. Like, it seems like it would be mm. really difficult to play in a digital yeah. format. Yeah. My M game is Mansions of Madness, which I own a lot of stuff for. But the funny thing is, I don't think I've ever played my own copy. <laughs> like, I own both the second edition, or the first edition and the second edition of the game. Mm -hmm. So I have tons of minis and, like, all, oh, and I also have an expansion. But, like, every time I play this game, it's usually at a convention with either the convention's copy or somebody else's copy. And I've played it a lot, but just never, like, here. I don't know why. I could even play this one solo now that there's an, obviously, with the app, with the second edition. But Mansions of Madness is a game where it's cooperative for the most part, and you are generally exploring a spooky house and battling monsters and trying not to go insane, which, you know, this is based on Lovecraft stuff and while Lovecraft is problematic it's you know an interesting theme for games so I like it a lot it's again kind of very thematic and lots of good like little story bits and the app really helps facilitate the game well so that's my M game Mansions of Madness yeah I like Mansions of Madness I don't own it I have the Lord of the Rings one which I also haven't played in a long time but I've played Mansions of Madness a couple times at conventions it's a lot of fun my letter L is Letters from Whitechapel, which is one of my favorite games now. It's a one versus mini hidden movement game that's very pure. I, I like deduction games and especially ones where you're playing against the other players in like Tragedy Looper, which I mentioned last time. And the hidden movement games feel similar to that because one person is... This is themed around Jack the Ripper. So one person is Jack the Ripper and they're trying to hide their tracks, like run away to, to their hideout. And the other players play the police and are trying to find him by like moving around and searching. I haven't played it two player yet, but I've heard it's good at two player because the police players just like kind of work together and collaborate the whole time. They, they, they kind of like you, you officially control one pawn each, but you basically talk to each other about what you're doing the whole time. So could just be one versus one where one person is controlling all four of them. But I really like it. It's very deduction-y, hidden movement, and very pure. So that's Letters from Whitechapel. My L game, I'm going to go with Legacy of Dragonhold because I mm, really, truly love I, I have I still haven't played through it again, and it's been long enough now that I definitely want to do that. Mm -hmm. um, Legacy of Dragonhold is kind of a hybrid board game slash RPG and it is one of the only games that I highly like recommend that you play solo rather than multiplayer because I think it's an amazing solo experience mm -hmm. um, but it takes you through a story in the land of Terranoth which is the same place that Runebound is set and yeah you're going on an adventure it is kind of choose your own adventure-esque in a way and it's RPG-esque because you create a character and that character has stats and then when you encounter different things what stats you have determine what you're able to do to resolve situations and there are branching paths and things will happen that you'll be mad about and happy about and you just keep on soldiering through to the end. It's a really really neat game and I love it so much and I do want to play it again so that is Legacy of Dragonhold. My letter K is Kanban, Automotive Revolution, or just Kanban. There's a new version that I haven't played yet called Kanban EV, but this is a one worker placement game. <laughs> it's, it's worker placement like you have one worker because that's you and you're moving around the board by Vitala Serda, so it's pretty complex. And you're working in a car factory, you're like a manager and trying to 
manage your time most efficiently. And you have to do different things like get the designs of cars, and you have to like, test drive the cars and then like manufacture them and stuff. I think I did that out of order, but <laughs> it's it's very thematic and you're getting you're scoring points by going to meetings and like talking about your cars and putting forward proposals and stuff. <laughs> so I I really like it. It was the first Vitala Serta game I played and still one of my favorites. So that's Kanban. My favorite K game is King Domino, which I've loved since it first came out. I own two copies of and still play regularly to this day, mostly on Board Game Arena lately. But I have also played it remotely um, via video chat during the pandemic with friends who also own the game. King Domino is just so pure and so good. I My love for it has not changed at all. I really, the more I play it, the more I appreciate it. Um, I do own Queen Domino and will never play it again just because I just have no desire. I know other people like it better, but, and I don't really want to add the expansions into King Domino either. I just love it for what it is. It's so good. Yeah, it's Tile Lane with tiles that look like dominoes, but they have different types of land on them. And you're just building out either a five by five or seven by seven grid out of those tiles and then scoring points based on how many crowns are present in each area of different types of land. Really simple, really wonderful. That's my K pick, King Domino. For my J, I think we have the same one. We do. I'm certain we have the same J pick. Yeah. Should we try to say it at the same time? Okay. Three, two, one just one yay (laughs) so yes just one is a cooperative party game word game cooperative party word game right yeah (laughs) is that all of the descriptors (laughs) yeah so a lot of things that we both enjoy right absolutely (laughs) this is one of those games that when it came like after it comes out you're like how did this not exist already (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah but it's a lot of fun you're like one person has a word that they're trying to guess and everyone else is writing one word that relates to it to give clues. But if you write the same word as someone else, they get canceled out. So you want to write words that are related to it, but kind of obscure. <laughs> like You don't want to like think the same way as someone else exactly. And so that the main person can get the most clues. And then when things get canceled out and you only have one clue to guess the word, it's really hard. Oh, yeah. When it's only one, it's nearly (laughs) impossible. But this game, it shines. And it's so funny because it's interesting how your brain works. Like when you see a bunch of words that are Mm -hmm. all related to a single word, sometimes your brain can't connect those dots. Yeah, it's hard. And it's just fascinating to like watch. And then what's really great is when somebody's been sitting there staring, having that like, I don't know what this is moment. And then you can see the like light bulb click on. Yeah. And and Crystal actually plays this a lot on uh, Dice Tower Tonight with, with chat. So yeah, Eric and I love playing this one with the live chat. It's a lot of fun and it mm-hmm. works really well. Yep. That was our J pick. Just one. So that was it for our R through J letters. <laughs> we'll be continuing the rest of the list. I through A next episode. So stay tuned. And that's it for this week's Board Game Blitz. Visit our website, boardgameblitz.com, for video and blog content, as well as to get links to all our social media pages. This episode was sponsored by Gray Fox Games. A new abstract strategy game from the designer of Santorini is coming. Stay tuned for more info about Ragnarok soon. Gray Fox Games, quality games, heavily crafted. Support our show and get cool perks for as little as $1 a month by visiting patreon.com slash boardgameblitz. As a patron, you'll get access to pre-edit recordings and our private Slack channel where you can chat with us and other Blitzketeers every day. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Morrow, technical support provider by Toby Mount. Board Game Blitz is part of the Dice Tower Network. 
Until next time. A, B, C. It's easy to game with me. Bye, everyone. Bye. He is a prolific. I almost said prolific. And that's <laughs> definitely not a word. <laughs> then this is this is a good, good time for me. Sorry, I'm looking at. <laughs> Can you see what's going on back here? Digging at the blanket. Yeah. <laughs> He's been doing this the whole time you've been talking. First, the new dog bed is over here. You can't see that. First, he was digging in that. Now he's moved back to that dog bed that has a couple of blankets on it, and he's yeah, like burrowing into the blanket. <laughs> okay. So when you when you look at my audio, you're gonna see all these like little waveforms. <laughs> Just him digging. In those, um, I already forgot the word again. Pentomino? Pentomino. (laughs) I I know it from Cracking the Cryptid. (laughs) Yes, there you go. You can only use the same (laughs) tetromino. Why can't my... (laughs) Because of the non-needing... Non-needing reading? What? (laughs) Because...